back in the saddle again for week six of the Shy Sports Weekly podcast. Back with our boys, Ty and Kyle. Guys, how are we doing? We're doing. How's everybody doing here, Ty? Happy Easter Sunday, first Happy of all. Happy Easter to you guys. Christ has risen. <laughs> he is risen. Jesus I was not I was I was not risen. I was planted on my ass today. I ate so much food. Were you hungover? A little. Yeah. You know what's been nice? Since I've got COVID, I haven't had uh haven't had any alcohol in two weeks here. Really? Honestly, don't feel terrible. That first beer buzz when you get back is gonna be nice. Oh dude, I'm gonna be buzzing hard off of like two cores lights. How are you feeling by the way though? Are you good? Oh man, compared to last week, I honestly got a hundred times better. Last week, it felt like I had like blow torches up my nostrils. We need all our boys on the show at a hundred percent. We can't have anyone operating at any less. My Jordan flu game. (laughs) Last week was a flu game. The John Scott episode. The John Scott episode was a flu game. Yeah. (laughs) But this week we have. Two great guests and a recurring guest, Andy Martinez from Marquee Sports Network. You all know and love him. He's standing out losing picks again. Not a big deal. And his colleague, Tony Andraki from Marquee, beat writer, uh, formerly with NBC Sports Chicago. He's been covering the Cubs for, I think he said, he said on and off for 10 years, but consistently here for the last six. Great insight on the Cubs. <laughs> Real fun interview. Yeah, we got, we got. <laughs> We got some great content out of them with the Cubs for sure. They were, they were talking circles around me and Kyle about the Cubs. It was. I was going to say those two are so knowledgeable with what's going on, right? With, with the Cubs, I thought I knew a lot. Probably not a good, a good topic to bring up right now, considering we're hosting a podcast. But those two are fucking smart, right? It was great. It was great talking to them. I was trying to, I was trying to nudge them a little bit about the Nico Horner. Um, uh, what do you call it? The uh, service time issue. The service time agreement situation. But they wouldn't budge. There's nothing to budge on. They were right. <laughs> you idiot. We got a big week here. We got a lot to talk about. We do. Did you watch the Cubs today? Come on. Big dub. On. Why am I sold on Zach Davies? Oh, my God. <laughs> that changeup was filthy. Oh, my God. At one point, I think JD said these. I think Marquis tweeted it out. It said... uh Befuddled or baffled, bewhittled, and befuddled, bewildered, not bewhittled. Yeah, I was not giving him enough credit heading into this season. Oh man, pretty- he looked good. Yeah, I mean that uh, that home run he gave up to Cal Moran. I think you could say that's somewhat winnated, um, but still, nonetheless, I thought that changed up. It was like a goddamn wiffle ball. Wiffle ball. He looked like Hendricks Jr. out there. Which makes me so I'm watching the socks here with Otani and Otani's just shoving it right up their hoop. And he's he's throwing one oh one, right? Yeah. I think Davies today topped out at like eighty eight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean shit, you give up bananas. You go you go five and two thirds and you give up two runs, you could throw seventy eight for all I care. You know what? Just get out. That's what they're and that's something Tony and Andy were saying. Ross, he doesn't give a shit how hard you throw. Just get some goddamn outs. And you know what? I don't care either. Get some goddamn outs. I love it. Cubs are 2 and one Sox are, as of this recording, they're down 3-0, looking to fall to 1-3. Uh, yeah, they would They would drop 3-4 or four to the Angels, right? Yeah. Um, did you watch any of the Sox game last night on uh, Tuesday? Or I, Tuesday, Saturday? Jesus Christ. 
Saturday, uh, no, but I saw the Friday night game. That game was a slugfest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jose Brady, Jesus Christ, dropped his big old balls. They can put up runs Saturday. in a hurry. Yeah, he's good. Hey, this is like this is one of the only years that I can remember in a long time where I would actually turn on a Sox game as a diehard Cubs fan and enjoy watching it. So I've thought to myself, hey, I might turn the Sox on and watch. This is the fourth game, fourth game for them. I've watched. Every single, I've watched every single pitch for the Cubs and Sox this year. Yeah. I mean, their lineup is just, it's one of the best in the MLB. Yeah. Tim Anderson actually left today's game with a, a hamstring. So Did he? I didn't know. I didn't see that. Yeah. So stuff you don't, you don't see when you're stuck on 290 for an accident in traffic. But their best hitter is Yerman Mercedes. Oh, he looked terrible in this. And uh, I guess Otani <laughs> today. Otani threw him three straight sliders. And on the third one, holy shit. He, it doesn't matter he because looked, he's in he's in the record books forever now. No, he eight, looked on, he looked terrible. Eight consecutive hits in his first eight at bats of the season. Yeah. Yeah, that that is pretty most impressive. consecutive by any player to start a season since nineteen hundred. Is that good? So literally ever, basically. Is that good? That seems good. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I just feel, um, I mean I just feel like the Cubs never find a guy like him, but like you said, he looked pretty bad today. Apparently, what do you mean? Junior Lake was hot as shit when he saw Bobby Scales. <laughs> well, Solaire was tearing it up. Starlin, yeah. We Wilson. always go back to Starlin, and I'm okay with that. You could always go back to Starlin. <laughs> Should we get into some tweets before we keep going on about the Cubs and Sox? Yeah, of course we can. Big week here. So we'll give you a preview a little bit of everything we're going over. Everything from Cutler, the fo- uh, Focadome, Kosuke Fukudome, Sammy Rizzo, the Bulls, the are the Hawks. They stink. So let's yeah, they really it. do. I think they dropped nine of their last 12 now. I was going to ask you. I was oh. going to save it for later, but I'll just ask now. Are the Hawks dead? Um, what do you call someone that doesn't have a pulse? That. Uh, yeah, they are. Yeah, it's like weekend at Bernie's for them right now. They just they're they're done Zaloni. They I mean, how many? I don't know how many games do they have left. Fifteen more. No, I'm not sure. They're playing 56 on the season. I don't know what their record is off the top of my head. I was right around there, but dropping those last three games in a row to the Preds was not it, good. It's like their kryptonite. It's it's crazy. Like they they'll. They'll tear up, uh, who is it, Columbus, Detroit. They've played well against Dallas, and those are, I mean, those actually are the three teams that are below them, so that makes sense. But Tampa, Carolina, Nashville, and uh, the Panthers, man, they can't, they just can't get anything going against them. Oh. It is, it's tough sledding for our Hawks. They just traded for a uh, local boy, Vinny Hinestroza. Vinny Hinestroza, huh? Yeah, you know anything about him? Tell me <laughs> what you do. know about Vinny. Have I told you this story before? Yeah, but I forgot it. What is it? <laughs> so he went to Bartlett High School. Okay. And somehow he was on the freshman B football team. And I'm playing free safety for some stupid reason. <laughs> Six three, one forty. <140. laughs> and I'm yeah, exactly. <laughs> Soaking wet. And I'm running across the field, like just running to the sideline, trying to make a tackle, not paying attention to my, my blinders. 
and I just get absolutely fucking clobbered, just hit in the shoulder pads, and my feet were above my head. I think I, I think I landed on my helmet on the ground. You were trying to eat your own ass. Yeah, something like that. So I literally like lay over. I felt like one of those dudes that dude just got whacked in the longest yard. Has no idea where I'm at. <laughs> and then one of my buddies like comes over to help me up. He's like, "Dude, you just got fucking whacked by Vinny." You just got knocked the fuck out. And it was Vinny Henestrosa. Guy's on the Hawks. Oh, he's on the Hawks. Now I'm yeah. here in this chair. Yeah, now look at us. Who's the real winner, Vinny? It all comes full circle. Yeah, but so he's back. Hawks suck. We don't have to talk about the Hawks because they're honestly just they're too depressing for me. We want to keep the mood light and happy here. It's fucking Easter. Come on. Yeah, let's pass on that for now. Last thing I'll say, though, is I saw that Stan Bowman got named U.S. Olympic Team GM. Yeah, he is. Um, but that's, I mean, fuck, how hard of a job is that? Put Patrick Kane, Jack Eichel, Austin Matthews. There's your top line. There you go. I could be the GM. Right, but why Why Bowman? The guy's got shirts with a clown nose on his face. He's also got three cups. Yeah, so, that's true. I think uh, Billy Guerin from the Wild is uh, the assistant GM. He's a good guy. He's What's your take on uh, Bowman? Stan. <laughs> Stan Bowman. Uh, I don't fucking like, I don't like him. I don't like I mean, the reason I don't like him is the Seabrook contract. In uh, yeah. 2015, he signed Seabrook to that eight-year, I don't even know the math. If it's like eight, eight by eight, was it 64, eight by seven, 56, something like that. He signed Seabrook to that contract. He was probably the only GM at that time that was going to sign an aging defenseman to that type of contract, which hindered the Hawks and prohibited them from making other moves moving forward. Yeah. Now, so you're not pissed at Seabrook. You're pissed at Stan. How can you ever be pissed at a guy for taking money? If somebody's offering you that money, yeah. Hey, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, I don't I'll want it. Money. I don't want I'll it. take the 56 million. Thanks for coming. Like what? Right. I'm not going to, Hey, I'm not going to not take 56 million. That makes that's That's got me thinking about Rizzo now. Uh Oh, you want to transition into Anthony? We could. Let's 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 do that for a sec. Okay. We'll get to the tweets. Just hold on. I know I know all you listeners are chomping at the bit to hear, hear us talk about tweets from last week, but this is important. What do you think? Uh, so, what do you think is going to happen with him? Do you think that they're just going to let this season play out? I I will bet my life. Tell me something that I should bet. I will bet anything that Anthony Rizzo will be a Chicago Cub in 2022. Yeah. And There's kind of how zero, Chad was making it sound in that press conference, too. There's 0% chance he leaves. Zero. That makes me feel a lot better. My Sunday scaries just took at least three steps down. I have. I don't know if it's you could say it's intuition or we have the same birthday or whatever you want to say, but there's a 0% chance. If he... If he gets traded somehow at the deadline, or if he re- or if he signs with a different team in the offseason, I'll I'll get his face tattooed on my ass and in his honor for being the captain of the Chicago Cubs. I will do. I would be the most. Seems like you were probably going to do that at some point in your life, anyways. I'm just looking for an excuse to be honest. For that, <laughs> there's no way he leaves. How could how could you let him walk? Right. It's the heart and soul. At first, I was pissed, but then I was kind of thinking about it today. I guess it makes sense to at least let this let him play this season out, see what he does, 
and then use that as kind of a negotiation term from there. Yeah, but I almost in turn hope he just fucking. So do I. I hope he hits three thirty. Uh, I mean, realistically, so who, who are the four? Right, the four that are free agents after this year: it's Javi, KB, Wilson, and Rizzo. Right. Yep. They're not re-signing all of them. No, you're hoping to keep two, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll take shit. I don't know. It's Rizzo, and then it's between Javi and Wilson for me. You think so? KB's not even on that list for you. I mean, it's. I don't know how I can say like Chris Bryant. I don't want to re-sign Chris Bryant. Even that sentence, I'm mad. I'm upset with myself for saying that. But at the same time, you have. There's there's too many mouths to feed. It's hard to say it after last season. I'm still on the KB bounce back train, as I mentioned in our interview with Tony and Andy. I think I've been saying it for a while now, but they were tweeting a lot today. It's a KB bounce back season. Yeah, both of them were. Yeah, KB. And I didn't get one mention for that. No, not not one mention. Not. You you don't know how to use Twitter either, so that's we're gonna have to talk to them. What's your Twitter handle again? It's at max B double underscore 11. There he is at max B double underscore 11. If anybody tweets at him, he'll give you 10 bucks via the cash app. Yes. Yeah. Be presenting sponsor. Of Don't Shark wait on TV. it though. Don't wait on it. Man. <laughs> hey, maybe, if, maybe if Gonzaga covers money line and Baylor is plus four and a half. Do you want to tell watch them? That hit, watch that, that hit tomorrow too. Say that again, I'm sorry. I said watch that hit tomorrow too. After I don't put it in. Tell them tell them what you texted me earlier. <laughs> so yeah, this morning woke up on Easter Sunday and I was feeling dangerous. I texted Kyle and I was like, Hey, can you put a couple bets in for me? Because I don't have an account because God knows that I'm terrified of what would happen if I did. So <laughs> I text Kyle. He's like, Yeah, sure. And then I tell him, All right, give me Baylor plus four and a half. And give me Gonzaga money line. So basically, I was saying that Gonzaga was going to win the game by less than five points. Between one and four points, which I guess, I mean, I still haven't, I have to like write it out to put in my brain to see how that would work. So if Gonzaga wins, it's minus 140, you obviously get that 100. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah, you're basically risking like 25 bucks to get there. 25 to 40 bucks to get like 200. 200. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what the money line is, at least for. That's what my thoughts were at first. And then you texted me and really just laid it out in a text and told me exactly what I needed to do to win. And now I, I, I chickened out. Yeah, no, that was, I, that's on me. I shouldn't have said anything. I should have just let you ride it out and get your. But there's up. still time. There is still time. In fact, I mean, maybe you should just put it in right now. I don't have any credit. <laughs> <laughs> You say that a little louder. No. Let's move on. <laughs> All right, on to the tweets. On to the tweets. Let's go in chronological order here, for fuck's sake. You lead the way. March 29th, 1992. Does that ring a bell? None of us were around for that. It's not. didn't ring anything for me. Ty, are you a 94 guy? I'm a 94 guy, a young boy. You guys are both May 94, right? Yeah, Max is two weeks like apart, two, two weeks older. Yeah, me and Saul. Yeah. It came onto the scene probably what, three weeks apart? Yeah. What are you, fourth? May 4th? Yeah, I'm the 20th. Six, 16 days. May the 4th be with you. Uh oh. Max is horny. 
No, I fucking hate Star Wars. <laughs> Anyways, May or March 29th, 1992. Do you know what happened that day? I do know what happened because I posted about it on Instagram, I believe. Um, the car landed a Dominican right fielder by the name of Sammy Sosa in a trade with the White Sox from George Bell. Some would say that turned out to be highway robbery. That's what I would say. Some would say that. Because I will say this, my memory bank, my Cubs memory bank is full of Sammy Sosa memories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. I can, I can collaborate with that, yeah. So to, to start it off, I'm just going to say it's fucking bullshit that they're not welcoming him with open arms back to Wrigley Field. Yeah, I, to be honest, I don't know too much on why they actually aren't. I don't, I don't get it either. Like, is it the steroid thing and they're thinking it'd be a stain on the franchise or what? I mean, maybe. I don't know. That's If I were a guessing man, I would say that. But, fuck, I, I want everybody to use steroids. I'm a let me, let me just read off a couple stats to you. And Hold on. Let me get the Jurgens. <laughs> You're not going to need it. You could dry rub on this one. Okay. From 98 to 2001, Sammy hit 66, 63, 50, and 64 home runs. That's ridiculous. I don't care if you're juicing or not. And then I think after, I think after 01, I think at 02, he had like 49. (laughs) Hey, say those numbers again for me. Hold on. Literally 66, 63, 50, 64, and 49. Like half of his career home runs. We're in those five seasons. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, that's nuts. He won the MVP in 98, hit 308 with a 455 OBP, two home runs and six RBIs in that 03 NLCS against the Marlins. Like, this guy was just an absolute – he is he is a Cub legend. I, I will go out. I'm am, I am willing to say that Sammy Sosa is a Cub legend. Are you kidding me? Number 21, Jason Marquis, probably the most famous number 21 in Cubs history. <laughs> and another Sammy, uh, we'll stick on Sammy Sosa here. Another Sammy highlight from this week happened actually the day that we're recording today, April 4th, 2003. Sammy Sosa, 500 home runs. 500 with the Cubs, too. Uh-huh. 545 with the Cubbies. That's 500 the, Cub, 500 Club, 500 Cub. The best... Uh, <laughs> the best part of it, old takes exposed, was getting tagged in this in this tweet. Chip Carey says uh, he cements his Hall of Fame legacy with that home run. Right. Punches uh, his ticket to Cooperstown or something like that? Yeah, something along those lines. I don't know. When, what time is it here? 940 uh, 2021. So that's 18 years later, right? Did not age well. I don't think he's in the Hall of Fame yet. <laughs> is he even on the ballot anymore? Yeah, he is. Probably only got a couple of years left of that too. I, that I have no idea how it works. I I know once Andy gets his vote, we're gonna bribe him. To vote <laughs> him and then he's gonna bribe everyone else. <laughs> Old hockey trick. See, there we go. Get a guy <laughs> on the inside. We're and we're back. So we'll move on here. To, we'll stick on the topic of Cubbies. Can't get enough Cubbies. This is a Cub show. This is a Cubs show. We'll sprinkle in the socks, guys. Relax, okay? We we don't hate the socks. We like the socks. We don't love them. We like them. We I already them. said I watch the socks. That is a huge. That is a big step for me. Listen, I, I don't hate the socks because I have money on them right now. I'm betting them. <laughs> oh, you can't hate a team that you bet. You just hate yourself. 
Anyways, Fukudome, March 31st, 2008. 0-0 zero, zero game up until the ninth. Kerry Wood comes in, gives up three in his first game as a closer with the Cubbies. Not great. Not great. I like Kerry Wood the starter better. Bottom of the ninth, two guys on. Down three, Fukudome steps up against Eric Gagne. Game over Gagne, I think is what they game used to call Gagne. No, it's The funny. game was uh, just getting started. People probably don't know who this guy is, but this is uh, my buddy Fatik. Shout out, shout out Fatik. Ty and uh, Max know who Fatik is. Great guy. When, when I had my LASIK a month ago, I had those glasses. He kept texting me that I looked like Gagne, just randomly. He'd be like, Yo, what's up, Gagne? <laughs> probably the nicest thing he's ever said to me, though. Jesus, I gave a guy the nickname Fatik. All he calls me is Gagne. I think he bought <laughs> my tire somewhat more. Just like a 56 save legend. <laughs> Actually, he got, he got. He got uh, busted with steroids too, didn't he? Everybody. If you, in my opinion, if you played from like '98 to '08, we'll say you had a needle in your ass. You had something in your ass. Who says no? <laughs> Who says no? Anywho, Fukudome took Gagne, Yabo, Yabo, and Lucas smashed and that thing right center for grabs. He got on base all four times that he stepped up to the plate that game. Did he really? Yeah, he did. He was three for three with a walk. I bet you that's something people had no idea about, that he was three for three with a walk. In his, in his debut at Wrigley on opening day. Like, that is just electric factory right there. So that's exactly – he's like – he was a modern-day – or Yerman Mercedes is a modern-day Kosuke Fukudome is what you're saying. Well, I don't know because I feel like <laughs> – the Cubs signed Fukudome, and there was a lot of hype around him in the offseason when they picked him up. For the, like he was for the guy the, that, the Cubs, that the Cubs grabbed, and everyone's like, all right, I'm getting his jersey. I mean, and plus, can you make, like, Ron Sandel saying that name? Fukudome? <laughs> like, come Guilty on, as charged, too. I got his jersey so fast. Oh, yeah. I have his, I still have his, I have his jersey. How, yeah. you, how could you not? I'll go, I might buy another one right now. I, I actually have a framed picture in my bedroom at my parents' house of me sitting in his locker. <laughs> that because I, is weird. <laughs> it is weird. Can we get it up real can we weird? Get, can you get your uh, parents to send us a picture of that? We'll put yeah, I'm going to get a, I'll get a picture of that. But we did like the tour of Wrigley Field. I'm also like fucking, how old am I? 13, 14 in this picture? Not right now, though. No, not <laughs> right now. I feel like I'm 40 today. So, yeah, so we did, like, the tour of Wrigley Field, went in the locker room, all that stuff, and then he has his jersey hanging there, and you, you could basically go and t- take a picture right next to his stuff. So I did, and now it's framed in my room, and it's, it is weird at this point. <laughs> what, what do you think Kosuke Fukudome is doing at this very second? I have no clue. What do you think he does for fun? What does Kosuke Fukudome do for fun? He seems like the kind of guy who would have woodworking as a hobby. What? Just a, wood, I a, a guy I that loves the woodwork. That. And that's not a sexual innuendo. Guy knows his way around a wooden shaft. I actually can't see that at all, but we're just gonna roll with it. I mean on the list of on the list of things I was expecting you to say that that wasn't on the list. <laughs> Didn't make the list. No, yeah, he was like a super list. average player with the Cubs though. He had 260 in four seasons, and he never had more than 13 home runs. Yeah. You know what? But, you know, if you hit 260 in today's game, that's like 
It's not bad. Not bad. So who knows? Who knows? Bring Kosuke back. Fuck it. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you hear Max go, <laughs> it means he doesn't give a fuck about what I'm saying. That's basically like next. Next. And that's <laughs> like the, the Emmys music. Next. April 2nd, 2009, the Bears trade Kyle Orton, two first-rounders, a third-rounder, to the Broncos for Jay Cutler in a fifth. Oh, man, I remember this day like it's yesterday. You're fresh. Day after April, April Fool's Day. If this was on April 1st, I might not have believed it. We were freshmen in high school for this. This was like a day after Vinny Hanna shows and knocked you on your ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, I was definitely concussed. I honestly remember where I was when I found out about this trade. We had a freshman doubleheader. We were playing Eisenhower High School. It was like 20 degrees out. Was this before or after you broke the record for steals at Lamont? Uh, just before. Just before. <laughs> like you, So you before. broke the record three games into your freshman year? For, yeah, the single season varsity record, yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty sweet. Fuck. You're not even fast. Quick. I was quick. When Ho- I had hockey guys yet. are always quick. Yeah. That's quick. fast. My Kyle runs like a duck. <laughs> <laughs> Next. <laughs> no, he's fast. He is. He's definitely faster than me. <laughs> that, that, that'd be a good video to have. Just a video of me running and just comparing it to the most obscene things. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm probably quick, but I run like an idiot. Can we I make told, that a segment? Do anything. It's our show. <laughs> I told all my friends that I think I could run a 4840, and I'm going to stand by it. You no chance in hell. Four eight forty. Tom, there is no chance in hell. Bet. Let's bust it out, dude. You think you could run a four eight forty? I. You'd be lucky to break five five. Okay, can we? If those for watching on the YouTube, can we put that picture in of uh, you at peanuts on our super park? <laughs> 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 if just, we could roll him, he might go four eight. Just me wrecked <laughs> at the bar. <laughs> Yeah, maybe if you're running to a bar, it's a four eight forty. Downhill, you might go four eight. <laughs> easy, I could do an easy five. I think, dude, five is. And by downhill, hard. I mean the side of a cliff. <laughs> yeah, if you have gravity on your side, <laughs> you might be. You might be good. You think Jay Cutler runs a four eight forty? Yes, he was actually a freak in high school. Yeah, he was. Do you know what town he's from? Uh Santa Claus, Indiana, I believe. Oh, Fox song. Did you know that? I know my Jay Cutler. My Jay Cutler. Uh, well, then why don't you tell me a little bit more about Jay Cutler? Shit, what do you want to know? Everything. I want to know his stats with the Bears, your favorite moment with, of him with the Bears, who he threw his first touchdown to the Bears to, and the last game he played with the Bears. Do you remember okay. that? I hope you know the answers to some of these. <laughs> but I'll start with uh, he went 51-50 and 50 overall in his Bears regular season career, which is the definition of mediocre and not really indicative of how good of a quarterback I think Jay Cutler actually was. Um, obviously, only won the one playoff game and beat Seattle. He had a phenomenal game against Seattle. I think he had four total touchdowns. Seattle was under 500. But he, hey, it's a playoff win. But he also leads the Bears franchise in passing Attempts, yards, completions, touchdowns, completion percentage. Latin QBR, I think, until Mitch came along. But 
every major passing category, Jay Cutler's name is basically in the books for the Chicago Bears. Mitch has a higher QBR than Jay Cutler? I believe so. Really? Yep. Interesting. I did not know that. Would you you could have... you could fact check me on that at some point, but I'm pretty, pretty no, sure. I mean, you're, you're the stat guy. Has a higher one. Who would you rather have, Jay or Mitch? In their okay, their prime. I guess Mitch now or Jay when he was slinging it. It's hard. The hard thing about the comparison is I just feel like Cutler, and this is like the classic excuse for Cutler. He had so many different coaches and offensive coordinators during his time with the Bears. He never. I feel like he never really got settled in. Yeah, I mean, who do you have? He had Ron Turner, Mike Martz, Martz Mike Tice. Uh, Mark Tressman. Mark Tressman. Oh, that was Jesus Christ. That was a fucking train wreck. And then uh, whoever was with uh, is it Dowell Loggins was with John Fox. Is that yeah. So, I mean, like, I, I don't know. I mean, he had Gase too, right? Gase. Oh, yeah. He had a, actually had a great year under Gase, though. Yeah. John Fox. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, if you give him a stifling defense like the Bears had with in that year when they went, uh, 12 and 4. In 2018. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. Is that is that the kind of team that Cutler needs to succeed? The thing about Cutler is his mechanics were sloppy as shit. He always seemed to have a really poorly timed interception. Yeah, but his so offensive line was made of like what Cheetos. Like you just walk right through them. Wait, what was that? What Cheetos? Like they're just they're shitty. Like Jamarcus Webb, he looks like just a big wet Cheeto. I'm not. Now I'm dying on this wet Cheeto hill. <laughs> Never used that phrase before. I couldn't think of the, what that term. Like a wet paper bag was what I was looking for. But I'm gonna wet say Cheetos would bag. suck. I would not want my Cheetos to get wet. Would you want? Would you want Jake Collar to be protected by wet Cheetos? No. No. How would you describe Jamarcus Webb? Now, now the only way I could think of is a wet Cheeto. A white Cheeto. <laughs> Marcus Webb is a white Cheeto. Yeah, you remember him in uh, Green Bay? Color. <laughs> I think he got sacked for like the eighth time. And he was walking off and he just like bumped into Jamarcus Webb like, you fat fuck. Right. Fat he probably, he got up behind him. God knows what he said to him. Oh, God. I would pay. I would pay a lot of money. A large sum of money. I was watching a. Uh... A YouTube video earlier this week of like Cutler's best sound bites during a game. He's pretty funny. He's always he's always talking about obscure shit. Like he one time he's in Minnesota and he's like, "How long do you think it takes them to open this dome?" Or he's like, "What would you do if you had to fight a bear?" Like he asked Josh McCown that. Like he's just asking like hilariously, completely unrelated to football questions. <laughs> they're down four with like three minutes left. Yeah. How long do you think it takes to open this? Dome? When he was, when he was talking to McCown about that, he's like, all right, actually I got to go play. <laughs> I'm going to go get sacked again. Jamarcus is what? <laughs> that was the other thing that was, <laughs> that was frustrating about Jay at times is it just seemed like he didn't give a shit, but I think that is just his general personality. I don't think he actually didn't care. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think he did care. I mean, there's moments where if he scored a touchdown, like if he rushed a touchdown or big moments, whatnot, fist pumps, you know, go running towards the sideline. Right. But yeah, overall, he kind of had that, uh, I obviously won't say Kyle, he's not exactly like Kyle Hendricks, but he had that kind of low level. Just kind of even keel. Yeah, very, there you go. Level headed. 
Yeah, he's very level-headed. I think I still take I take Cutler in a heartbeat over Mitch. Agreed. I think yeah, right. I think he he definitely has. He had a bigger arm for sure. Um, yeah, I mean Jesus Christ, Mitch is and he not as mobile, but you asked for my favorite memory. I love that run he had for a touchdown against the Lions, where he just got helicoptered helicoptered into the end zone and he just gets up and is all jacked up out of his mind. Oh yeah. That's a good one. That is a good one. I love that one. I'm trying to think what's like a Jay Cutler memory that isn't playoff related. That isn't him sitting out the NFC championship game with a sore MCL. And no, I because that's what everyone wants to talk about with Jay Cutler. I don't blame him. You gotta keep, you gotta make sure your mentals and chickens are there. I'm trying to think. <laughs> Shout out Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. No, probably honestly that uh that twenty eleven season or 2010-2011 season, him and Johnny Knox were just unbelievable. Think of it, that's who his receivers were Johnny Knox, Devin Hester. Well he had I think I think he had one or two years where he had Elshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall opposite each other. Yeah, he, yeah, because he didn't stop throwing for I think for the first year it was just Marshall. Or maybe no, no, no. They both came in at the same time, but he all he did was fucking throw it to Brandon Marshall. <laughs> yeah. He'd, he would get like 16 or 17 targets. <clears throat> the Allen Robinson circa 2010 of the Bears? Yeah, pretty much, honestly. That's Essentially, what yeah. Well, okay, so what was the next one? Who did he throw his first touchdown pass to? Do you know? I'm going to guess. Ke- I'm gonna, this, is, this is a wild card guess. I'm going to say Kellen Davis. No. Okay. You have any game guesses? On the night football, he threw <laughs> threw one touchdown that came four picks. Not great. Not great. Is it a tight end? Nope. A wide receiver? Yep. Earl Bennett? No. Okay. 0 for two. 0 for two. One more. Come on. I'm down. I'm down. I'm down in the count. 0 2. <clears throat> and I'm bringing some heat. Shit. I'm trying to think who would have been on, what other receivers would have been on the team. It was a wheel route from a slot receiver. Mm. Caught it running into the pylon. I think oh, Devin Hester. Devin Hester. There yep. it is. I know the exact play that you're talking about now. Side note from that game, I love when they wear the white on white. Boom. 0-2 count. Kyle just hung a slider, and I just sent it onto Waveland. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Have never not hung a slider. Boom. Okay. And what was the last question? Who, what team did he play his last game against? Last game against with the Bears. Green Bay. Hmm. No, this one you probably won't get. It's the New York football giants. He got, uh, I think he tore his labrum when he got sacked and he came out of the game. And I think his last throw was an interception. Really? <laughs> so many well, that's just that. poetic, Somebody isn't it? Tell me I'm wrong on that, please. But I think I'm right. I think I'm right. I don't know. He's easily... I would say he's the most polarizing quarterback ever in Chicago Bears history. More polarizing than Jim McMahon? Yes, and one of the most polarizing athletes in general to come through Chicago. There's just so many people that have mixed opinions on Jay Cutler. Who's more polarizing, him or Dennis Rodman? Has to be Cutler. I feel like everyone loved Rodman. Okay. Yeah, you're probably right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just hung another O2 slider. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah. Are you just going to keep throwing me cement mixer sliders down the center of the plate? Down the middle of the dick? Yeah, probably. 
Well, speaking Speak. down the dick, there let's you go. go. Our final, our final question here. Would you rather tailgate beforehand in Wrigleyville for a cup game at the bars on Clark street or tailgate in the parking lots at us cellular field? I know it's guaranteed rate, but whatever. I'm not going to answer that question. I think I'm just going to let, I think I'm gonna let Psalm go first and then I'm going to embarrass him. This is just us. <laughs> so let's hear what he has to say. So listen, my, my biggest argument for why I prefer to go to the Sox stadium. Wrong. <laughs> right. Like as far as, at, <laughs> as far as the total overall atmosphere goes. Yeah. Catch me at Wrigley. That's fine. And that's coming from a Sox guy. I am not a Cubs guy. Um, but the fact that you can tailgate at, at the Sox Stadium before a game is everything. I'm not trying to go sit fucking butts to nuts at a bar in Wrigleyville with a million people, loud, drunk, frat dudes that I don't want to be with when I could just tailgate with me and my homies outside the game for way cheaper before a game. And that's that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Wrigley and I love the field, but... If I'm pre-gaming the game, yeah, catch me at Sox Stadium tailgating my balls off grilling my own hot dogs instead of spending $9 a hot dog. The only thing I heard from all that was butts to nuts. <laughs> That's the main <laughs> takeaway for me, too. Yeah. To That's nuts. new. I've never heard that before. I've never heard that either. That's cool. I'm going to start using that. But That's such a psalm thing. <laughs> You're going to tell me you really don't like the bars in Wrigleyville? Yeah, unlike, you ask 21-year-old me, I'd say, yeah, they're dope. You ask a 26-year-old me, I say, I don't want to be anywhere near that cesspool. No, but there's different. Like You're not going to go sit at Sluggers. Why not? <laughs> yeah, why? <laughs> I mean, I am, but you're not. I'm going to say, that's exactly where I'm going to be. Kyle is. <laughs> so, okay, so let me ask you this. If you're going before the Cubs game to a bar, which bar are you going to? I like Bernie's a lot. Okay, and what does a beer at Bernie's cost? Probably eight dollars. It doesn't count because you're there for fun and you're going to the Cubs game. Oh yeah, no, yeah, it doesn't. It maxes spot on. It doesn't count. Plus, I'm I'm winning all my bets, so that day's paid for. Right. I've seen just here. Let, all right, let let me let me fill you. Yeah, in a explain to me why you me think it's mere ideal Cubs game. Give me okay. your wrong opinion. Right. It's now. a Friday afternoon. Let's say it's first or second week of June. Oh, it's gonna be about. 77 degrees with a little breeze off the lake. 120 start against the Cardinals. Kyle Hendricks is on the mound. I was going to say Jake Arrieta, but I could be oh. talking to Kyle Hendricks too. Someone gave me the journey. Jake Arrieta is on the bump. And you're playing a little hooky from work on this Friday. So you, you got that, that good, that good get out of work early feeling. Everyone else, all your friends are friends and family are working that day, but you and, Let's say three of your buddies are are meeting on Clark Street to grab a couple beers three hours before the game. <laughs> so game starts at 120. You get there, you get settled in. You have a couple beers, get get a little get a little food in you. And then you head over to Wrigley and grab your seats in the bleachers. I, I mean, I personally would much prefer that than to be tailgating in a parking lot on the south side of the city. And you grab those seats in probably the top of the second, maybe top of the third-ish. Right, that too. Because you you don't realize what time it is. 
<laughs> Here's my other part of my That's argument, I guess, is you also live in the city. So for you, it's just a quick L ride or Uber away. For me, I have to drive or take an hour train ride and then catch an Uber or take the L past that point. So it's yeah, but like, we're saying if all, if all were created equal. I will say this parking is a bitch for Cubs games. Yeah, so then you have to take the public transportation, and then you're on their time, and then you fucking miss the train after the game, and then you're sitting at fucking Ogilvy until 10 o'clock at night because you missed two trains because you're all fucking gooped up on GOP. And yeah. Guy, let's hear, let's, hear your, let, let's hear your take on this. Gooped up on GOP and butts to nuts. <laughs> <laughs> the tailgating thing is cool. I will say... Any chance I get to go up to Miller Park and tailgate a Cubs Brewers game, I have a good time. Any chance I can use a charcoal grill, sign me up. They grill some wieners, yeah. No, I'm I'm right there with you. I know you're you're a big wiener guy. I think my my perfect day, I'll I'll use somewhat of the same criteria you had. We'll say Friday, 120 start, 80 degrees, humidity probably about 25%. I'm definitely wearing my white. My home white Rizzo jersey, maybe one button only done. Waking up early, going, just getting, I'm not even working out that day because it's going to be useless. I'm just getting my stuff Exactly. I walk in bubs a little bit just to kind of, you know, preemptively get the scaries away. You got, it's like pre, you know, prehab. You know how I, like I tore my ACL, I had to do prehab. That's pretty much what my morning walk is. Prehab. It's like me. It's like a physical Xanax. Just to get the mind right, I look at the starting lineups or the pitching matchups, see how much money I'm going to bet fully knowing I'm going to max bet it no matter what. Then, you know, drive down to Wrigley or drive down to your place or wherever I can stay in the city. Try to get there by at probably like 10, 30, 11-ish. Two, two hours, hour, 90 minutes before first pitch. Have a couple beers, slug a few with Gal. Gal's horny. Gal's got... His nipples are poking through his shirt. And boys are ready to go. You know, we probably get Chipotle. Boys are buzzing. We get Chipotle because that's what Gal always eats. He loves Chipotle. Or maybe you can't get Chipotle before a Cubs game. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. sinful. You got to get like a burger or like some kind of wrap or some shit. Listen, is this your itinerary or is this mine? All right, keep going. I apologize. So I, I house Chipotle, right? Full annoying. I'm going to have 15 beers and it's just going to be a rough a rough evening. <laughs> so we had, we had to Bernie's or we had Cubby bear. I've, I've been to the Cubby bear too many times. Old crow's a good one. See, I feel like old crow's more of a, a post game bar. Yeah, I would agree with that. I got my fake ID taken away there in college. And I, I don't just, think I've ever actually eaten there. I can't look at it the same now. Well, you eat a Chipotle, you idiot. <laughs> Anywho, I'll say 12, 12.15-ish, we stumble into to the Cubby Bear, get a couple shots, get a couple of Miller Lights, Tall Boys. Hopefully there's uh, – no, there probably wouldn't be any other baseball games on, but whatever. You know, watch watch a little ESPN, some replays, have a couple beers. I'm a stickler. I like to be there for first pitch. I really do. I'm I'm, I'm probably telling Gal and the boys, let's fucking go. It's, it's 105. I'm, I, listen, you want to fucking stay in Wallagag and try to get no pussy here? Um, you do I don't want to hear the anthem. I want to hear John Vincent scream free for 45 seconds. Are you a batting practice guy? Uh, no, no. When I was younger, yeah. But not now, no, I'm more. Definitely bad. when you're a kid, like you want to show up there 
bring your mitt. You're trying to catch a ball, maybe get an autograph. I'll tell you what, though. If if they aired batting practice, I'd, I'd go to Sluggers beforehand or the Cubby Bear beforehand and just sit there and watch batting. I would become a batting practice guy again. Yes. Easily. Not without a doubt in my mind, I'd sit there, watch batting practice. But then, yeah, you know, I go in. I'm definitely there for first pitch. Before I sit down, though, I'm grabbing two beers. And then it's uh, pretty much Great beer. Call. I, I forgot to mention, you definitely have to grab peanuts on the way into the game, not once you get into the stadium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then I try to sneak in, like, <clears throat> pardon me, pocket shots or any sort of hard alcohol I can just so I can try to black out as soon as possible. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's a fair play. So anyways, I still think just the whole atmosphere and just such a cliche answer, obviously, but everything about Wrigley Field and the surrounding of Wrigley Field is better than going to a game at guaranteed rate. Yeah, I mean, me, you, and Ty, we might have to do a little content piece. Might might have to go to a, a Sox game and, and tailgate and then go to a, a Cubs We game. should just, yeah, we should actually go to one of each and then see where Psalm has more fun. And see, <laughs> and see where Psalm gets more drunk. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, wherever <laughs> I black out the most. <laughs> I like this. Let's actually, let's follow up on this I don't one. know if it's black out the most. I think it's black out the quickest. <laughs> quickest. I, I guess so. Quickest is the most. Do you have a stopwatch? <laughs> I can make this happen in five minutes or less. Oh yeah. Now we're talking. But before so all right. I would like to hit our uh our down on the farm segment though before we, we close the show out. One guy that I've been itching to talk about, Garrett Crochet. I learned how to pronounce his name. At first I thought it was Crotchet. No. But it is in fact Garrett Crochet. Yeah. Pitched yesterday for the Sox, went a little over two, 2.1 innings, no hits or walks, and three strikeouts. He looked good from the left side. I mean, the guy throws cheese. He's basically hitting an easy triple digits, and he's got a solid sweeping slider. Uh, 6'6", 218 pounds, played college ball at Tennessee. It's crazy how fast. shows a freshman B game. What's that? Then he got knocked the fuck out by Vinny Hinnestros at playing safety. <laughs> no, he didn't. Different guy. Different 6'6", 218 pound guy. Yeah. But yeah, he's got the frame that scouts literally drool over. Um, and it was crazy to see how fast he just whipped through the Sox farm system. He was the 11th overall pick in 2020. He, and he was already pitching in the MLB that same year in September. Yeah. I hate I hate everything about him because just strictly from the point I'm jealous I'm so jealous. Are you kidding me? This guy went straight from Tennessee, pretty much he went to the alternate alternate site, but then to the majors. That's it. And he was pitching in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And it, high situations, high level situations. Right. And he was good. <laughs> he was very good. And he's God. It's I don't know if they're going to stretch him out to make make him a starter. I'm assuming they will if it's a possibility. But I'm just thinking of the Sox rotation. If it's Giolito, Michael, Cease, Kopech, and Garrett Crochet. Yeah. It's 162 and 0 possibility. It seems like they got a lot of things working for them. Or maybe 156 and 6 because they played the cup six times in those all. Yes. But yeah, the big the big thing with him seems like he's had arm tightness and soreness in college. He's missed time in the past and he's had to get pulled from from games because of that 
but it's probably really just caution more than anything. No, in a very serious note here, I think he's honestly a fun pitcher to watch. It's honestly great to watch him just make these professional hitters look like absolute mutants. Yes. And I will say that in spring training, he pitched seven innings, only gave up one run. Guess who drove that one run in? I know. Hold on. David Bodie. Nope. Not Eric Sogard either. Uh, Jake Marznick. Nico Horner. Oh, fuck. Nico. Nico. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. Nico. There he is. There's my axi pad. Oh, yeah. No, he's good. He's going to be fun to watch for a long time here. He's going to be a pain in my ass. He's going to be sticking a needle in my ass for a long time. (laughs) So, yeah, I guess let's maybe we'll close it out with that. Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of needles in our ass, let's uh, let's get off that topic and throw it over to Andy and Tony. All right, we got a couple guests we'd like to welcome to the show. First, the recurring guest, Andy Martinez from Marquis. Thanks for coming back on the show, buddy. How you doing? Good. Uh, I like that the second time makes me recurring. That's that's quite an <laughs> honor for sure. That's it. Fucking right. <laughs> and then Tony Andrake, if I said that right, but also with Marquis. That was so wrong. <laughs> it was close enough. It's all good. <laughs> but thanks for coming on, guys. We're we're excited to talk Cubs and Chicago baseball and pick your brains a little bit about what's going on with uh, with our favorite um, Chicago baseball sports team. Hey, real quick, before we get into uh, Chicago baseball, Andy, what the fuck happened with Winthrop? Dude, the Winthrop I thought that was Winthrop. a lock of the century. Yeah, they, yeah they, they let me down. Yeah, Tony, last yeah. time. Andy, I don't even uh, think it was close. I don't remember that one. No, it was – I mean, Andy gave out the pick of Winthrop plus six and a half against Villanova in the first round, and they did not cover. He was I think just, it was like 11. He was touting it. Winthrop. They were down – they were down two for like all game, and then at the end, they, Villanova just pulled away. Yeah, no, it sucked. But you were you didn't know their mascot's name. That should have been the first sign that maybe not. That <laughs> should have been the first. Wait, what is their ball. mascot? The I don't know. Shit, what was their mascot? <laughs> <laughs> like, you still don't know. You like still don't know. something. I'm, they're some a bird. Kind of bird. I know that. The Eagles. The Eagles. The Eagles. Eagles. Yeah. Eagles. They're the yeah, Eagles. that's right. Anyways, let's talk a little Cubbies here. Let's get started. So. I want you guys to talk to me like I'm a five-year-old. Why can't the Cubs hit? Andy, I'll let you start. <laughs> um, I'd like to think that first game had a lot to do with the cold. Because, um, I mean, Tony, you were there. It was – yeah, I was cold, man. I was really, really cold. And I wasn't playing. Like, I can only imagine what it was like for, for the Cubs playing uh, in, like, 30, 35-degree weather. I, I mean, I think that's, that's a big contributing factor, but – yeah, I don't know. It's it's I guess it's a lot different going from 80 and sunny to 35 and sunny. Yeah, I think honestly to me, it, like yes it was a loss and and they're 0 and 1 on the season and they only got two hits, but I actually think there were some like really interesting positive takeaways from the offense cuz they scored three runs off of well again, only two hits, but off of productive outs and that's just something we haven't seen enough of from this team in this lineup in the last few years, they weren't like hitting situationally and getting the runner home from third with less than two outs. So the fact that they did that, you know, I mean, they're going to hit all these guys have all stars and and track records and amazing, you know, back of the baseball cards and everything else that David Ross always points to. But the fact that they scored three times without 
you know, without a hit with all unproductive outs, I think that's something that can carry over and actually like speak well to the future. Yeah, no, that was obviously a little tongue in cheek. I, I love the people after the first game. It's like, fuck, are you kidding me? Of course, Javi strikes out again or whatever. It's like, okay, dude, shut the fuck up. It's game one. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and there have been Cubs teams in the past that have been pretty reliant on the long ball, so it is good to see them scoring on a couple sack flies in in the first game. Yeah, no, I mean, what was it? So they had three. It was three guys on third base, less than one or less than two outs, right? And three sack flies. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can't really complain about that. It's more or less just striking out less and maybe not walking. 12 guys or 13 guys or however many they walked. It seemed like yeah, a I lot think... of buzz about the, the Pirates' bullpen, too, and how they have one of the stronger pens in the MLB this year. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Dwayne Underwood Jr. could be a star for them. That would be really interesting. <laughs> I, he has the best strikeout rate in the majors right now. So <laughs> I will say, in, in all seriousness, Richard Rodriguez, I was looking up some of his advanced numbers. Like, that dude dude is going to be like someone is going to trade a lot for or is going to get a seal when they trade for him was uh, he the closer what's that was he the closer did he pitch the eighth i can't remember uh or did he close it down he pitched the ninth but you drafted him in fantasy right andy yeah i did too because yeah i did the season preview on the on the nl central teams and i looked up richard rodriguez's numbers he was like in the 95th percentile in 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 uh fastball uh, speed like it just he was really really good advanced numbers like I think yeah I think he's gonna be like a guy to keep your eye on in terms of like a dude that gets moved in the in in uh at the trade deadline okay a little scouting here <laughs> but max I bet yeah I bet if uh if Nico Horner was in the lineup they would have had more hits <laughs> we're just trying to stir the pot and get some answers here guys <laughs> yeah I got I got no comment to that <laughs> Yeah, no. Well, David Bodie played well. He had a uh, oh no, he had that one play that was uh, that ground ball that should have been a routine out, but whatever. Sogard looks good. I like the Tony's a, a high socks guy. He uh, he analyzes everybody with the high socks there. Oh yeah. What would you on a on an eighty grade scale? What would you give Sogard socks? So I'm actually not a big stirrups fan. Uh, <laughs> And not a big stirrups fan, so uh, I'm not. I don't really like the look that much. And and the one thing I always find interesting is what guys actually do under the stirrups if they wear like white regular baseball socks. Or I've seen guys before and like um, guys that I've played with who have just had like regular like old man white socks that you wear the white New Balance shoes. I've seen them wear that with like stirrups over it. So I, I have no idea what Sogard does. I've not been in the locker room or anything with him. So I'd be curious about that, but I'm not a huge stirrups fan. So I'd give him like maybe like a, everybody with high socks is an 80 grade. Brings him down to like a 60 grade. Okay. <laughs> that sucks that you haven't been in a locker room. We were going to ask a couple questions about that, but I you know if you haven't been in there, I guess we can't. <laughs> <laughs> like who has, like what's the, the spread like and stuff like that. But I guess we'll, we'll holster those. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll wait. The spread in spring training when we were uh, tier two was, was pretty great. I mean, we ate like baseball players for like 10 days with uh, Scott Shagnon and I and Andrew Miller. That was amazing. That was like, cause they just had, you know, if you go and get a hamburger, they had two burgers. So you had like two buns you could put it on and it was like 
you ate, you eat like you're a 24 year old, you know, baseball player. So it was pretty awesome. How many hot dogs did you down? Uh, none in that part, but I ate a bunch during like hot dogs and brats and polar sausage at Sloan park and the other places. Love it. Yeah. If you haven't met your disposal at any time, it's hard not to. Well, yeah. And so last year, Andy, you can speak to this too. There were no concessions open at Wrigley ever. So we always had to leave to go get like Chipotle or, or anything else. And I missed that. I, I went a full year without eating concessions at a ballpark. It was, it was strange. Yeah. Like when I was in Arizona, the first, like the first two parks I went to, I was like, I don't care if like we have time to go to get food beforehand. Like I'm gonna eat ballpark food just cause like I haven't had ballpark food in 18 months or whatever it's been like I, I like I, I got I got a hot dog the first day and then the second day I think I got cheese curds because they were playing Milwaukee so they had the cheese curds and they were they were pretty good for for I, I can't assume they got them straight from Wisconsin but I guess I don't know <laughs> All right, I'll give you this question this is a hard-hitting question if it was your your death row meal but you could only get ballpark food what would you get Ooh. uh you know those giant tubs of popcorn the what the giant tubs of popcorn, like the biggest. <laughs> yeah. You would house a giant tub of popcorn. What about yeah, like a, a nacho helmet? That's what I was thinking. So I was, I, I narrowed it down to two. I would, I did helmet nachos, and then the Cuban sandwich from from Sox Park. I don't know if you guys have had the Cuban sandwich at Sox Park. It's really good. Those two are that. I don't know. I, I think I'll lean towards the nacho helmet just because like it comes in the helmet and baseball <laughs> spirit. But then you could wear the helmet as they knock you out too. So it's like you have the nachos on your head as you're they're zapping you. So that'd be pretty <laughs> sweet, I guess. If there's any Only sort you of would think that, Kyle. I don't know. The first thing I thought of when Andy said the nacho helmets, I was like, I'm definitely wearing a Cubs helmet as I'm getting zapped to death. <laughs> I mean, if there's one way to go out, that has to be it, right? I I, I can't think wrong, of a better way. I guess. <laughs> Speaking of going out, uh, you Darvish obviously not with the team anymore. So I got to ask, who do you think is going to have the lower ERA this year? You Darvish or Zach Davies? So far, it's Davies. <laughs> People forget that. <laughs> I, that's really interesting because I think it could be closer than people think. Um, like, I would say Darvish still, but I think Davies is going to surprise some people. And I mean, it hasn't, it wasn't long ago that we saw Darvish you know, posting like a five plus ERA. So I, I don't know. We'll see. And the adjustment period from Darvish to, uh, to LA took a little bit too. And then when he came to Chicago, so we'll see if it takes a bit for San Diego too, but. Did you guys yeah, watch any, I, I, did you watch any of that Padres game or see any of the highlights yesterday? I heard Darvish got roughed up. He didn't look great. He six strikeouts, I think. Right? That's yeah, but right. I think that's what he had. But, you know, he's he is one of those guys, though, that it almost – like it takes him a second to acclimate to the new to a new setting. And, every, and well, like, when he came to the Cubs, obviously he struggled right away. Did you say when he was in L.A. he struggled when he first got there? Well, I think he was really good um, at the start, but then obviously he struggled, and he was good. He dominated the Cubs in the NLCS, but then he struggled in the World Series, and um, and that kind of affected him and, and changed the course of his career after that. So the fans in L.A., you know, he was – they hated him for a while, like after that World Series and how he pitched in that. So I think that affected him, and now obviously he's both close to L.A. He's going to be pitching there a lot in the division. And just the adjustment period, you know, at least he has – 
teammate Victor Caratini now. But yeah, other than that, it, it I don't know. I don't know how the adjustment period will go. If he'll feel a lot better in a pandemic, trying to to like learn everybody's faces with masks on and, and get to know guys, it's it's interesting. How big of a deal is that? Do you think having a personal catcher in general? I mean, one just having a personal catcher as Darvish and Caratini were together with the Cubs, but then going to a new city from going from Chicago to San Diego. Do you think that's a a, a big adjustment for them? It's a big or what do you think, John Lester? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think it's um, I think it always helps because you're a package deal going over there, so they instantly have a bond together and whether they played with any other guy there or not. Uh, yeah, they have that. And they're the guys that are working together. I mean, obviously we saw that on opening day. So I think, I think it speaks to a lot, especially right now, because like Brandon Workman talked about it last year, getting traded from the Red Sox to the Phillies. And some of the other guys have said it, that I think being traded in the middle of a pandemic and uprooting your family and, trying to get to know guys when there's all these COVID protocols, you can't just go out to dinner, right? Like you can't just have a dinner at like Olive Garden with all these dudes. I know they don't go to Olive Garden, but like wherever the other <laughs> pick up like 10,000 housing breadsticks. <laughs> yeah. You can't just do that as a 25 man group. So, uh, so it's different. There's, there's an adjustment period, I think. Yeah. So, so who do you think in the past two years, who do you think actually had a lower ERA? Between Davies and Darvish. Davies, right? I'm with I'm with Andy. That is Davies. Just not a big deal. I love the people that last year and Go ahead, Andy. I was gonna say that last year he did in Milwaukee was really, really good. Like he was really, really good for Milwaukee. Yeah. Go ahead, Kyle. No, I was just gonna say, Tony. I know one of your articles you were saying or you were quoting Ross and saying like it doesn't he doesn't care about velocity. He just wants outs and fuck Davies gives you outs. Yeah, right. He's exactly like Kyle Hendricks in that regard. Like they're the two most similar pitchers, I think, um, in baseball. The closest guy to Kyle Hendricks is probably Zach Davies, and then right after that might be Alec Mills with the way they pitch and and use their pitchability. That's the word that that the Cubs like a lot, um, and I think around baseball too. Basically, pitchability is anybody who doesn't have high velocity but still gets out. Yes, yeah, st- I mean, sticking to the topic of the rotation, it seems like that was the biggest question mark heading into the season because the C- Cubs kind of blew up uh, what they had in place last year. What can you guys tell us about, like, Trevor Williams, for example, who's another guy that's kind of a new face to the team? Um, you know, he obviously he was with the Pirates, um, you know, didn't have the greatest uh, numbers from an ERA standpoint, but – what are some of the things that you guys have liked seeing from him? Andy. Um, so I think like first, not even getting into the baseball, like, like personality wise, he's probably going to be a lot of people's like favorite cub uh, from personality standpoint. Like he just like his persona, his personality, like he's just a funny dude and he's like, just got a good personality. There's an instance when um, we were doing an interview down there in Arizona and a reporter had their video, like their phone, recording the 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 interview, and the wind. It was a really windy day, and it knocks over the phone, a tripod. So he picks up the tripod. Trevor Williams does, and he just holds it like like he does one of these, and is like speaking, like in. So he's like still being on camera, and it was just like a funny moment. And I'm like, this dude's hilarious. And uh, 
yeah he he just like he's like personality wise he's he was he was like extremely like funny and a good persona uh but the other thing that was interesting about him like from a baseball perspective was he was a lot of one thing that he was working on a lot was his slider and like the tony has a really good story on the, on, on marqueesportsnetwork.com about the the pitch lab and like they're pitching the cubs pitching infrastructure to 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 improve pitching um but trevor williams was working on that slider in the pitch lab and you know like just different grips um different ways to spin the ball so that you know he can get that depth and just de- uh, deceive hitters uh that's something that he was working on like he mentioned he uh i think it was against la down in spring training um he threw like three different kinds of sliders and like one of them got a strikeout one of them got a hit and one of them induced weak contact and so he was able to see just off that grip like all right this is one thing it did this is another thing that it could do and that was one thing he was playing on that i think could see him you know the cubs could see trevor williams get back to that level that he had when he was when he was pretty pretty solid in Pittsburgh yeah I, I agree and um I just think like Andy wrote a cool story early in spring training about how uh how like Williams has, is going to win like Mr. Personality like he's just a great dude and I I totally agree with that I had the you know, similar experience where he's just a lot of fun in interviews like he he tells you a lot about what he's going through like Andy mentioned with the slider and stuff but he's also he just has like a good personality. He's very like personable and engaging. He was joking with March Madness that he can see the future and Gonzaga wins the national championship. And I mean, it might I wish happen. I knew that. I, yeah, I I mean, I, I <laughs> believe that maybe Trevor Williams actually can see the future. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, he's he seems like a really interesting guy and he was great in spring. So the Cubs think that they, they kind of have something under the radar with him. He's starting uh, the fourth game, right, on Monday? Yeah, so they haven't specifically said which guy's going in which order, Williams and Alzali. They're starting games four and five, but Ross has not specifically said which guy's going. I mean, I would put money on Williams being the fourth guy, but, you know, subject to change in case uh, something comes up or they just want to alter it. Sticking with the rotation here, how excited are you to have Jake Arrieta back? And how good does he look? Holy fuck. <laughs> uh, the answer to both questions is yes, or very much. Uh, he, he's in great shape. I mean, I'm I'm turning, what, 34 in a couple weeks. So he's a year older than me, and I'm in nowhere near the shape that he is. Like, I feel, you know, 33, 34, and he looks like he's like 25, not 35. So it's it's impressive he's always been in really great shape but i think he also looks good on the mound he's not throwing 95 anymore but he looks really good got a lot of swing and miss like at that start against the white Sox he had at the end of spring training i thought was pretty impressive um some of the swings he got there so yeah i think it's at the very least it's awesome i think it's great for fans i think it's really good for us in the media because he's so interesting and engaging and it's just going to be fun, you know, at Wrigley Field with fans there, like Arietta starting all season. That that's going to be awesome. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm excited to have him back. The fan in me, um, just seeing Jake back on the mound in a Cubs uniform, takes me back to that 2016 season. Um, I guess transitioning over to the uh, the lineup or the hitting side of the team. What are you guys expecting out of KB this year? That he's kind of been another guy who's been pretty polarizing over the, this past offseason and even last season a little bit. Um, what do you guys think for him? Bounce back here? 
I think there's a really good chance of a bounce back year. I mean, he was hurt uh, a ton last year. Like, he, like his numbers obviously reflected that. You know, the the diving catch in Cleveland, like the wrist injury there, uh, just was never really healthy. And then, like when he finally started getting healthy, it was that White Sox series at Grand Slam, and then you know three days later, four days later, whatever it is, the season's over. It's like. Well, like right, like finally, once you start getting healthy, it's like your your season's done, and then you gotta restart back up. Um, I don't like it's it's we might not see everything right away. Like we, we're not gonna see him go, you know, five for five uh, right, right off the bat. Um, but I think it's gonna be a slow progression. We're gonna see Chris Bryant get to that that level that we you know we kind of know what he is, right? Um, and I think just being healthy and having a full spring training and a full season is gonna benefit him in that perspective where a guy's not pushing to, you know, 60 game season. Like, all right, let's, we got to sprint. We got to, we got to try and, you know, every situation we got to try and get a a run here. Uh, You don't have to worry about that. And I think that's going to benefit him a lot. Yeah. I think in, in the first game, um, the most impressive thing that stood out to me that shows that he's seen the ball well is he got down Oh, two. And I think it was the first inning um, when right before Jack hit the sack fly. And so he got down Oh, two with runners on second and third one out and instead of expanding the zone, he took some close pitches and ended up taking four straight to walk and um, and obviously bring up Jack, who got the sacrifice flying out the run in. Anytime a hitter goes from 0-2 to, to draw a walk, especially on four straight pitches, especially with guys in scoring position and less than two outs, I think that tells you a lot about how comfortable they feel and their judgment of the strike zone. So even though Bryant's batting line, you know, he didn't get a hit and it wasn't great, um, Overall, it was still an offer. I think that was really impressive, and that that shows where he's at too. So, yeah, I totally think that there's a bounce back coming for him this year. Did you know that he leads the league in O two to four two at bats? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would I would believe it. How many how many other guys have that, Kyle? Oh, I don't know. I just made that up on the spot. So <laughs> I like the follow up question. <laughs> I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that he winds up with better numbers than Nolan Arenado this year. Really? Yeah. I, I can write totally. it down. I I could see it too. I if you look at Arenado's numbers um outside of course field, like still really good numbers, like don't get me wrong, but they're like not as high uh, as like the, the numbers in Colorado. I think it, it's interesting though, one of the parks that he has the best OPS outside of um outside of course field is Bush Stadium. I think he's got like a 800 plus OPS and like have I can't remember the exact number of games, but uh, it's very interesting that uh, you know of all the ballparks outside of Coors Field, one of the better ones is the one he's now going to be playing. You know, half of his games in. Dude loves Bush. <laughs> <laughs> that was oh, well timed. Yeah. That was perfect. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was waiting on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tony, how long have you been covering the Cubs for? What five years now? Six years? Is this your sixth season technically? Uh, so I covered my very first game. I covered one in 2011. I wrote a story on uh, Jeff Samarja and James Russell. In the Wait, how fucking old are you? Uh, 33. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Je- yeah. Jeff Samarja. Yeah, he was in the bullpen. He wasn't even starting yet at that point. So that's more than five or six years. <laughs> well, yeah, but I only Shark. did a few the first couple of years. Um, I've been covering like uh, – every game or whatever for three years um like on the on the full beat but i was like the backup did 50 60 games for like four years prior to that or five well, i don't know you act so, like jeff samarja's old let's yeah. start talking caesar is torres 
Derek Lee or Ramos Ramirez. As soon as you start throwing those names out there, then maybe we'll we'll start yeah, talking so about old. <laughs> with uh, with Victor Caratini, who we brought up, James Russell was traded for Caratini, so I'm old enough. I'm older than Caratini played his entire career on the Cubs. I'm old enough to have covered his entire career as a minor leaguer to being traded to the Padres. So I'm that I'm that old. Victor Caratini, former Coug, not a big deal. <laughs> he went two for he, four yesterday. Did he? Yep. There you go. Guy well, hits. Playing fantasy baseball this year, first time in a long time. I know things <laughs> oh. like this now. Oh, Tony, Andy, funny story. So this is this year we're all so for the listeners, we're in a fantasy baseball league. This is my second time doing a fantasy baseball league. The first time me and Max co owned a team and we fucking just stopped in like May. We're like, this we suck. We were just getting torn apart. Yeah, not good. But I, I don't know if my my start yesterday was was that good. I uh, I drafted Tim Tebow as a joke and then forgot to look at my lineup, so he started for me yesterday. He's in the utility spot. <laughs> yes, he's in the fucking. It was him and Nico Horner were starting. I honestly don't have the patience for fantasy baseball. It's it's every day. It's crazy. I can't do it. Fantasy football at least is like one week. Set your lineup. All the action happens in one day. Yeah, I like with fantasy baseball, so I play a ton, um, but most of the leagues I do have very few bench spots, so it is like a set it and forget it type thing. Like, you don't have to tinker with your lineup. You basically have, like, one league I'm in, we've only had one bench spot for, like, 10 years, so you just have your guys, and you can pick and drop up, drop them if you want, but if you don't feel like setting it, then you just have your 20 guys and just leave it. And, like, the one thing about fantasy baseball, too, is, like, even if, like, you leave a dude who, like is off that day the next day you could go four for four and it like evens out so yeah. it's like you know it, it, it's i tim tebow starting for one day i don't think will ruin your season kyle yeah but that was just i looked at that i was like motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like I, this is very par for the course for me but like i was looking at that i was losing all my bets on they couldn't win a bet yesterday I bet no score first inning for the Tigers and the Indians. And where I was saying I fucking hate Miguel Cabrera. Two outs. Papa I think Otago. he two strikes on him. He just hits this he f- in the snow, flicks an opposite <laughs> field, two-run homer. I'm like, you stupid fuck. I went into, like, the first oh. row, too, I think. Yeah. He slid off in the Shane second. Bieber too, right? Yeah. Wasn't it off Bieber? Yeah. 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 I'm like, you got to be – and this final score – so it was a two-run homer. I think the final score was, like, 3 nothing. It's like they spin score two. after that. Three to two, yeah. Cleveland had a two run Cleveland homer had in the a two run homer in the ninth or something. Yeah. But and then I bet this what I don't this we can get into that at another time. My losses. Um what I really wanted to ask you though is what what is your uh I guess both of you guys, what is your favorite moment? I know Andy, you haven't been on the beat as long as Tony, but what's your favorite moment just overall covering the Cubs? I'll let Tony go first. Uh, mine's easy. It's the World Series. That, um, yeah, it, there's nothing that's ever going to come close to to comparing to that in my professional career. Being in Cleveland for the World Series and just that whole run of 2016. I mean, that was that was what I wanted to do when I set out to to start this career. I always wanted to cover the first Cubs team that won a World Series and ended the drought. And all through college, I was like, you know, crossing my fingers, like. I grew up a Cubs fan, but I was hoping that they wouldn't win because I wanted to be there to like cub cover the the team. And then, you know, as I um, shortly after I started and graduated college, like that's when Theo and Jed and stuff came over. So 
yeah, I, nothing will ever stack up to to November second of sixteen. Andy, I should have gone first because like how am I supposed to? <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Yeah, um, in your helmet nachos at Sloan Park. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The helmet nachos. Getting electrocuted. Yeah. <laughs> um, yesterday, I will say, opening day was sweet. Um, I think like no, like a year, like last year was so weird without fans. Like you could hear every f bomb, you could like you could hear everything at, when you were at Wrigley. Um, this year, like ten thousand people. I don't, Tony. You could correct me if I'm wrong, but ten thousand people felt like a, like nearly a full house, uh, especially like around the national anthem, first pitch. Like I think the first pitch was a ball, and everyone was booing because <laughs> you know they wanted a strike. Um, it, yeah, it was it, yesterday was really really cool for sure. I think that that for, just given the circumstances for sure. Uh, uh, ranks up there for me. Were they booing louder for the first pitch or Lori Lightfoot? Uh, I'm thinking they were booing louder for the mayor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they didn't show that on the broadcast. They didn't show Lori. Uh, and maybe they did. Maybe I just fucking missed it like an idiot. But I don't know if they showed her. Were they, she was getting booed loud. It was pretty loud. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was surprised. I, honest, I was surprised she was honestly getting booed at all. I wasn't really expecting that, but I <laughs> People just boo politicians all the time at sporting events, right? Yeah, it's like, it, yeah, it doesn't matter who you're there or who, like, you are. If you're a politician, you're just no matter what, you're getting right. booed. Did yeah. Did anyone sing the anthem, or was it the the Harry Carey video? Whoa, whoa, you didn't hear John Vincent's pipes? No, I was working. Who wasn't? He <laughs> <laughs> went like 22 seconds. He held uh, what is it, Home by the Brave? Uh, the note that he. Oh. The free like 22 or 23 yeah landed whatever yeah it went 23 seconds 22 seconds something like that oh that would have been a good prop for you you know the over under on how long he held that note kyle had the opposite of whatever it was whatever hit i had the opposite yeah (laughs) made kyle season all right i i got i got a couple good ones let's let's go rapid fire over unders yes and let's have tony and andy answer at the same time and we'll see if there's any differences all right. All right. You guys ready? Yeah. All right. Let's start with home runs. Anthony Rizzo, 30 and a half. Uh, I'm going to say over. I'm going to go over two. Okay. I like that. That's a good choice. Chris Bryant, 24 and a half. Homers? Over. Yeah. Over. Yeah, for sure. Definitely mm-hmm. over. I think that's more likely than the Rizzo one, honestly. Yeah, that seems really low. If Brian is healthy all year, I would be stunned if he doesn't hit more than 24 homer or 25 homers. Agreed. Okay. All right, back to the high socks. Jock Peterson, 33 and a half. I'm going over. I might say under. I, I think uh, I think he's going to have a great season, but I don't know for sure that he's going to hit 34 homers. I guess we'll see. I mean, he obviously would have to stay healthy and hit well against lefties too. Right. I'm going over. There's, I have to look up the numbers again, but like something ridiculous, like just make them like up. five, all but like five uh, of the starters <laughs> in the NL Central are lefty or are righties, excuse me. He he mashes against righties. Like, oh, yeah, we talked about so that hitters. last time, right? Yeah, it, there's like, yeah, there's so many hitter lefties. Yeah, exactly. He He's hitter friendly parks at Wrigley. 
great American ballpark. Like I think he's got the potential to 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 hit a lot of homers for sure. You guys are the experts, but full disclaimer to the listeners, I'll be hammering all the overs on these. <laughs> Actually hammered, hammering all these. <laughs> all right, Javi, twenty eight and a half. Over. I'll, yeah, I'll go over for the spirit, but it's gonna. That one's probably the closest one, I think. Yeah. Has Javi ever hit thirty? He has. He hit thirty-four. What year? Eighteen. Uh, yeah, eighteen. Was twenty nineteen the one he got? Yeah, because he got hurt in August, yeah. and then Nico came up. And I think he had twenty-eight yeah. the year before that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so he would have had he would have had over. I mean, he got over that and playing only 140 games in five months or whatever. So I think, assuming he stays healthy, same thing. I really think him and KB are going to return to form this year. Um, all right, Willie, 21 and a half. Over. It's an odd year. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go under on that one. I think. <laughs> I looked up. I, I I mentioned this stat. I think maybe when Andy was on the show last, but in odd years, Will uh, Wilson Contreras hits two seventy plus, and he has twenty plus home runs. Yeah, no, so that's over. Over. I think he's gonna be. Uh, he's gonna get some MVP votes this year. I don't hate that. I like him in that two hole. All right, Ian Happ, twenty five and a half. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over just because I think he's gonna get the at bats the number of at-bats to, to come close. Yeah, I'll take over, too, for the same reason. I think, what, last year he would have been on pace for something like about 30, 31 homers, and that even included, like, getting a hit in the eye and kind of slowing down a bit in September. So I could see him going over that for sure. Okay. Jason Hayward, six. No, I'm just kidding. 14, 14 <laughs> and a half. Like, <laughs> the over-under for over Hayward on. should be ground balls. <laughs> yeah, four three putouts, hundred and seventy. <laughs> no, what's his over under? Is it fourteen and a half? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It honestly, that's difficult for me because what he he hit over twenty. I think he had twenty one in the juice ball year in in nineteen. So I don't know for sure how the ball is now. I guess the Miggy home run kind of makes you think like maybe it's juice ball. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, fuck we'll you, if, if it's well, uh, like I'm, I just saw that swing and it was like he knew it as soon as he hit it. But I don't know. I just didn't like of all the homers he's hit. I didn't think that was his best swing. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, depending on the ball, I think Hayward certainly can get get over that over fourteen and a half. I'm hammering the over too. Yeah, the average exit velo on those grounders has to be like one fifteen miles an hour. By the way, so. We love you. And the, and the average distance is six feet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nico no, Horner, good. 80 games this season. Started. Started. Under. Yeah, I'm going to go under two. Under 80 games started. Do you think he'll appear in 80 games? Yes. Yeah. What, when do you guys think he gets the call? Exactly June. three weeks in? No. June <laughs> 9th. Yes. Yeah. Sometime around yeah. June. June ninth. That just seems like such a long wait to me. It's a nice day. Well, like, so here's my here's my stance on it. If they sent him down at all, they're unless there's an injury and they need to call him up, like they absolutely need him. What's the point of just sending him down to go to the alternate site to take at bats off of like Cubs players and pitchers? Mm-hmm. 
you you want him to go into AAA and be playing every day. And I, I figure like you want him to be playing every day for about a month, which if the season doesn't start till May 4th, like they're planning, then yeah, you know, sometime in the first week of June, you probably bring him up. He got a month of full everyday playing time at in AAA with that swing after the alternate site. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Are they, I mean, I know they're playing some games. Are they playing routinely at the alternate site right now or? It's just going to be like last year. There's going to be a lot of um, inner squad VPs and a lot of like simulated games with um, like Shelby Miller will be down there. So that'll be interesting to see. Like, I, I don't know if we get footage of it, but like Nico facing Shelby Miller would be kind of cool. So then last one, last over under here 79 and a half wins. Oh, that's that's not over. Like, that's, that's a goddamn yeah, crime. Like, Let's say 90. There has to be so many injuries 90 and a half. for that to happen. <laughs> 90 and a half? I, I don't know. <laughs> I'd probably take the under there. Yeah, somewhere in between 79 and a half and 90 and a half. That's 89. Fair. If they're no, in the 80s, 90. I'll be I'll be very happy with that this year. What do you think wins a division? How many wins? Um, I think 85, 86 range would win it because I think – the three teams, the Cardinals, Brewers, and Cubs, are all going to be right there. And then the Reds will probably be like close to 500. So they'll kind of beat up on each other like they did last year. And then the Pirates are going to have like 58 wins this year. 58. Hey, if, if that. Well, the, the, I mean, so far they're in first place. But they got one. Yeah. Two days yeah. in, they're undefeated. Them and the Orioles. Yeah. That's true. Well, guys, thanks for coming on. Uh, we appreciate it. Now you're both recurring guests. Andy, you got to come on again. Every third episode now, Andy's coming on. Yep. So which Bears legend is following following us up this week? I mean, last last time it was uh, Jim McMahon. Was we got Jay Cutler coming next week. We forgot to mention. Oh, all right, yeah. Richard yeah, we had Jim we <laughs> last time Andy was on, we had Jim McMahon and Max. <laughs> Max like, yeah, Andy, we have a, a, a slightly bigger guest than you. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Uh, by the way, feel, uh, be sure to listen next week. We got Jim McMahon coming on. <laughs> right in Andy's face. He's like, uh, they, <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, all thanks. Right. Yeah, well, uh, I'll, obviously, I'll talk to you, but thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, seriously. We yeah, appreciate it big time. Appreciate it.